chronic stress sets off our sympathetic fight or flight nervous system in a way that we are not used to dealing with. When we enter into a safe environment, that safety is supposed to trigger that parasympathetic recovery response system. When you're having a terrible day and somebody you like gives you a hug, you instantly feel better and you don't have to do anything. We developed the Apollo technology, a wearable that delivers gentle vibrations to the skin that activates balance in the nervous system, the same pathway as breath work and meditation. People who use Apollo over time get benefits that come on more quickly and those benefits tend to last longer. Welcome to the Melanie Avalon Biohacking Podcast, where we meet the world's top experts to explore the secrets of health, mindset, longevity, and so much more. Are you ready to take charge of your existence and biohack your life? This show is for you. Please keep in mind, we're not dispensing medical advice and are not responsible for any outcomes you may experience from implementing the tactics lying herein. Are you ready? Let's do this. Welcome back to the Melanie Avalon Biohacking Podcast. Friends, I am so excited about today's episode. I actually think this will be a game changer for so many people. Get excited about learning about how you can take charge of your stress, all starting with the touch of a button. Hi, friends. Welcome back to the show. So I am so, so excited about the conversation that I am about to have. I've been looking forward to this so much ever since I got the device that we are going to talk about. But I know on this show, we talk a lot about stress, a lot about different techniques and modalities to deal with stress, all of which I am huge fans of. You guys know this, tapping, meditation, breath work. They're such valuable tools. I do all of them, usually one of them every single day. But what if, and this may sound too good to be true, but what if there is something now that could possibly let you turn on the states activated by those with the touch of a button? Let's just jump in. I am here with Dr. Dave Rabin. He is a board-certified psychiatrist and neuroscientist, and he actually specializes in the treatment of chronic stress. You created this device, Apollo Neuro, that we're going to talk about today that I currently am actually wearing. I had it for a few days now and it's honestly a game changer. I posted in my Facebook group about it and I was like, guys, there's this new device and it's incredible and everybody already wants to get it. But I was like, I can't tell you until this episode comes out. So here is the episode. So excited. I have a lot of questions for you, but thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. It's a pleasure to speak with you and share this with the world. I know. I am really, really excited. So to start things off, would you like to tell listeners a little bit about your history and what led you to where you are today with your focus on stress, on the nervous system, and creating this Apollo Neuro device? Absolutely. So I'm a psychiatrist and a neuroscientist, and I practice clinical psychiatry. Most of my focus has been on, for the last 15 years or so, on chronic stress. As you said, but specifically focused on PTSD, depression, anxiety, and substance use disorders, and and things like chronic pain that are typically worsened by stress, because chronic stress always stood out to me as something that we just weren't, as humans or animals in general, from a lot of the studies that have come out over the years, we just really weren't built to deal with it well. You know, stress that comes in a moment where, you know, there's a momentary action required on our part. We respond to the stress, we overcome it, and then we move on, and then the stress is over and we're safe again. We're pretty good at that. And our bodies have been designed neurologically to respond to that kind of threat very well. 
And that is a very well-circumscribed response. And we actually see that response if we look back in you know, the evolutionary biology work of Eric Kandel, and who won the Nobel Prize in 2000 for discovering the origins of learning and memory, and many other scientists who have worked in this area over the last 100 years and more. We see patterns of the way we respond to stress and threat on a short-term level. I think the, the tricky part is when we start to see that that stress recurs every day, sometimes every moment of every day, you know, thinking about where we are right now, you know, our lives are kind of superimposed with this threat, constant threat of a pandemic, where we are sometimes feel threatened or scared to be around our loved ones or scared to be around our friends and to go to work and things we normally do. And it throws off our whole routine. And that chronic stress sets off our sympathetic fight or flight nervous system in a way that we are not used to dealing with because it's continuous it's continuously imbalanced and what we what we refer to traditionally disease mental health in particular we but but also stemming into physical health it's really talking about imbalance in the body imbalance between the nervous systems the, the fight or flight sympathetic system the stress response system and the parasympathetic rest and digest recovery response system and these themes always stood out to me because you know they sort of form the core of our understanding of how we respond to stress in the environment, but also how we maximize our recovery so that when stress or threat comes, we can actually respond in the best way possible that gets us out of that situation to safety. And there's certain people who are really great at overcoming that and moving on and growing as a result of stress. And there are certain kinds of stress that are more likely to help us grow. And then there are other kinds of stress, like chronic stress, which is, you know, can become a huge burden that can result in chronic disease. And my question that always fascinated me, in addition to sort of the study of consciousness and why we think about and see the world the way we do, was also, you know, why do some of us grow with stress and why do some of us get ill or diseased? And, you know, in medical school, it's a great example because we're constantly under stress. We're constantly, you know, working as hard as we can to try to get through and, and in training, in gen- medical training in general. And it's, it's uh, you see the toll that it takes on people and ourselves. I don't think there's anyone who, if anybody told you they weren't, you know, suffering a little bit while they were in training, medical training, you know, they'd probably be lying. And so that, you know, really firsthand going through these different, that being just one of many things in my personal life, it really gave me a, an opportunity to reflect on how we cope and what is resilience in these things. And that really drove me into the space. And from that, we developed the Apollo technology, as you mentioned, which is a a wearable that delivers gentle vibrations to the skin that activates balance in the nervous system, similar to deep breathing or tapping, but through the touch receptor system. Tap, it's probably more similar to tapping, actually, or EFT, as some people refer to it. But, it's, but it activates the same pathway as breath, breath work and meditation, from what we can tell from the clinical trials. And I'm also the executive director and co-founder of the Board of Medicine, which is a nonprofit organization, medical board, based in the U.S., that helps to train doctors and healthcare providers as well as individuals, regular folks like all of us in the regular world, to basically use more risk-free, non-invasive strategies to maintain our health, which is effectively what the Hippocratic Oath stood for. You know, the first part of the Hippocratic Oath we all take as physicians and care providers is do no harm. First, do no harm. Then do everything else, right? And so if we if we remember that as our guiding principle for the way we deliver care to our folks in the real world, then we're always going to have better outcomes if we focus on the treatments or the therapies that provide the least risk first. And so Apollo really emerged out of that as an opportunity to 
provide help to people to just feel better and feel more balanced in situations where, you know, we've been effectively trained to be under stress. Oh my goodness. So much there. Now I think listeners can see why I'm very, very excited by this, all the potential here. And for listeners, we, I realize we're using the word tapping. Most of you are probably familiar, but if you're not, I have had an entire episode on tapping and emotional freedom technique with Nick Ortner. So I'll put a link to that in the show notes. Again, the show notes will be at melanieavalon.com slash Apollo. But okay, Dave, some follow-up questions to everything that you just spoke about. So I actually haven't asked this to anybody before, but it's something I'm really wondering. So the parasympathetic state versus the sympathetic state. So fight or flight versus, you know, rest and digest. Is that literally an either or on off switch situation or can there be colors of each state? That's a great question. And I think I, first and foremost, I just want to say this was taught very poorly to us in training in medical school. I think we were kind of taught that these systems just act in the background to do their thing, and there's not that much that we need to do to worry about them. I think that couldn't be further from the truth. I think ultimately the the source of a lot of our strength comes from recognizing that we actually do have control over these parts of our nervous system. So I think the best way to think about it is, if going back, let's go back evolutionarily, right? Let's go back 5,000 years. 10,000 years. When we're living in the woods, we don't have electricity, we don't have running water. We sleep in makeshift teepees or we sleep in caves, right? And if we are in a situation where we are trying to recover and sleep with our families around or our tribe around, and there is a potential predator outside of our tent or outside of our cave, we would never want biologically our bodies to allow us to fall asleep. We would never want our bodies to allow us to become vulnerable in a situation where, physically vulnerable, as one example, in a situation where we could potentially be harmed or threatened or our survival could be impacted in a negative way. And so what happens is, in those situations, we have evolved, and this is, again, not unique to us. This actually goes back into most, almost all mammals and even probably back even further into, if you look at Eric Kandel's work, primordial sea snails from 300 million years ago. And when you look at the way that we respond to threat and safety signals, the body has these conserved mechanisms that are subconscious, which I use that term, I think a better way to describe it sometimes is beneath awareness, whereas conscious is within our general awareness. So there's these pathways that are hardwired in our nervous system beneath our level of awareness most of the time that are active when we perceive threat. And that can be real threat, like a predator lurking outside our cave, or it can be perceived threat like traffic or like our children screaming, or work in our modern day. And the interesting thing about these kinds of threats is that the body doesn't really know the difference between a predator and traffic. The body sees threat, and the body responds to threat in this hardwired, beneath-awareness, subconscious, evolutionarily conserved way. That said, when we enter into a safe environment, that safety that we can you know, affirm is safe for us that safety is supposed to trigger that parasympathetic rest and digest recovery response system that is supposed to then suppress the sympathetic system. And so going back one step into this state where we're in a cave, right, and there's a predator outside, you don't want your body to allow you to become vulnerable when there's a predator outside. So you want all of your resources, your blood, oxygen, going to skeletal muscles, the motor cortex of the brain, 
the fear center to keep us ready and prepared to act at any time. You, we don't want those resources going to the reproductive system. We don't want those resources going to our digestive system or our sleep and recovery system as much because we want to be ready to escape or fight or flight, right? Like that is why it's called fight or flight. And there's also a freeze response that comes in there as well, that whole playing dead response. So all of those are connected. That said, when we are escaped or we're, we've, we've conquered the threat and we're now in a safe environment, we want that recovery response system to turn on quickly and we want that stress response system to decrease in activity. And so resources get rediverted back to sleep, recovery, energy conservation and, and, and repletion, and then digestion and reproduction and creativity and all those things that we want our bodies to be doing when we're not under threat and that keep us healthy. And so these systems, the parasympathetic and the recovery response system and the sympathetic stress response system kind of act in what's called a dynamic interplay. And so what that means is that when one boosts in activity in response to threat, as in the sympathetic case, it shuts down, not completely, but it shuts down mostly the parasympathetic recovery system. And similarly, the parasympathetic system, when we are knowingly in a safe environment, should mostly shut down the fear response system. And that is the general pattern. So, But they are almost always never shut off completely. They're almost always coexistent together in some degree. And when we think about things like flow, which is something that a lot of people talk about, flow or uh, obtaining nervous system balance, meditative states, things like that, these are states that are particularly interesting. Peak performance states is one example in elite athletes and, and folks who are elite performers in any capacity. These states are interesting because they have a close to equal level of sympathetic and parasympathetic activity. So you have high attention, high arousal, high energy, but you also have high focus, high peak calm and, and peak presentness or pause. You're like able to be in the moment with whatever you're doing and have all of your faculties about you. So there is, so it's, it's a, it's a relationship between these two systems that is constantly changing based on our environment externally and also our environment internally. Okay, this is so fascinating. It kind of reminds me a little bit of autophagy, for example, if you're familiar with that, because I'm also the host of the Intermittent Fasting Podcast, and we always get these questions about autophagy being turned on or off, because everybody thinks it's either on or off, when really it's like there's a baseline state of it ongoing, and there's different levels of it. So it sounds like, similar to that, there's different, I guess, like colors and levels of the two systems, but they're at the same time also you know, opposing in a way, like you said, feelings of fear versus feelings of safety affecting the other. Yeah. The reason I was thinking about it too, was I got your, the Apollo neuro device and we can circle back more to the actual device at the end, but it has different programs that you can run. And some of them, they seem very energetic in a way. It's like a clear and focused, social and open. And so I was just thinking like, oh, can you be in the parasympathetic state and, and also be in the state that seems to be higher energy? And so that's more like a flow state like we were talking about. Okay, gotcha. And so a flow state like that, because it's equally balanced between the parasympathetic and sympathetic, in a way, is that parasympathetic activation mitigating what otherwise might be a more draining or taxing effect on the body when you're in more of a sympathetic state? I think that that is still somewhat theoretical. I think we don't necessarily know per se. I mean, I think from the studies of biofeedback, deep breathing, meditation, yoga, massage, these kinds of things, 
it seems fairly likely that what you said is correct in that if you just have sympathetic activated all the time, for example, in people with PTSD and chronic pain and anxiety disorders, it's just one example, we see that there are all these negative consequences that go along with that. They tend to have low heart rate variability, high heart rate, high blood pressure at rest. They're racing thoughts, negative intrusive thoughts frequently. Things that are not actually threatening trigger the threat response because the threat response has over, become over-sensitive or hyper-reactive. So when the sympathetic system is relatively unopposed, that is the kind of thing that we the kind of phenomena that we see. Whereas when there is a parasympathetic component to it, we see increased attention control, increased emotion control, increased focus, increased ability to relax when desired, and an increased feelings of safety. And then we also see that that correlates with improved cognitive and physical performance. So there's a there's definitely a link to it seems when we boost parasympathetic tone, which could be done by anything from what we described, right? Tapping, meditation, breath work, yoga, or Apollo and things of this nature, it it gives the body a little bit of a balance to the, the nervous system activity that helps us to be more present in the moment and not be sympathetically active only, which would which would convey a sense that we are only supposed to be focused on survival rather than knowing that we're not having a survival threat right now we are actually able to focus on other things. It's like the difference between, sometimes we see we talk about seeing the forest through the trees as a saying. So it's the idea that when you are in a hyper-sympathetic state because of chronic stress or burnout or whatever it may be, any of these mental illnesses we're talking about, or often physical as well, you get tunnel vision. And that tunnel vision is centered around, around survival. And so when, we've, when we boost parasympathetic tone with any of these techniques, it expands our vision, not just our, our vision, but our sensation in general and our ability to listen to our environment and take in a lot more information that can help us more accurately appraise what's going on. Hi, friends. Do you want to come hang out with me and Dave Asprey and so many other guests I've had on the show? You simply must come to the 10th Annual Biohacking Conference. May 30th through June 1st in Dallas, Texas. And of course, I have a massive discount code for you guys. I went last year to the one in Orlando, and it was one of the most fun times of my entire life. I met and got to hang out with so many guests that I've had on the show. I met so many of you guys. And of course, there's lots of Danger Coffee and Dave Asprey approved meals and Dry Farm Wines. And that's just the social aspect. The conference itself is mind-blowing. They have this incredible expo where they have all the biohacking supplements, all the biohacking things. You can learn about them, try samples, meet the creators and founders. If you haven't tried a lot of biohacking things, it's a great chance to actually try them out in person. Things like brain tap, infrared sauna, hyperbaric oxygen chambers, and so much more. There are so many incredible speakers as well. You can hear talks from people I've had on the show like Paul Saladino, Dr. Daniel Amen, Dr. Sarah Gottfried, Dr. Mercola, Dr. Annika Becca, and that is just a few of them. I seriously had the time of my life last year, and I would love to hang out with you guys, and you can get 35% off tickets. Just go to melanieavalon.com slash biohackingconference and use the coupon code BCMelanie to get 35% off your tickets. That's melanieavalon.com slash biohackingconference with the code BCMelanie to get 35% off your tickets. This code can be used for general admission or for VIP access. Seating is limited. They do sell out. They sold out last year. So get your ticket now. And if you come, 
definitely let me know because I want to meet you. So hopefully see you guys in Dallas, melanieavalon.com slash biohacking conference with coupon code BCMelanie. Get your tickets now. I'll see you guys there. Hi friends. Okay. So I'm a little bit embarrassed because I've been talking for so long about red light and near infrared therapy, which is so, so important. However, I kind of left out something really important about light. So as you guys know, I've been talking about red light and near infrared for so long. And at the same time during the day, I was using a bright, sad light. So it's those white lights that help with waking you up, help with your circadian rhythm. They're used to combat mood issues and depression. So I have a really bright white one of those at my desk. A few things about that. I knew it helped wake me up and kept me stimulated, but I wasn't sure if it had any detrimental effects using it. And then two, I was also wondering if by just focusing on red and near infrared light, was I somehow missing something in the full spectrum of light? Guess what? I was. And guess what? I found the solution and guess what? I have a discount for you guys. So the founder of a company called Soulshine reached out to me and he was like, do you know about the importance of full spectrum light? And I was like, you know what? I've been wondering about this for quite a while. Please educate me. Oh my goodness. This man blew my mind. I talk a lot about the problems of blue light. That said, we evolved in natural full spectrum sunlight that our genes are programmed to respond to. And today we do not spend enough time in that light. A lot of us don't go outside and we're overexposed to blue light. It's a problem. And then to make things even more problematic, the common sad lights that I was talking about that are bright white, they actually do not contain the full spectrum light. They filter out certain wavelengths and they're high in blue light. So just like I thought, It was not doing my health many services. There is only one company I have found, or I guess that found me, that makes a full spectrum white light device. So the Soul Light Systems include the fullest spectrum of visible and invisible near-infrared light with traces of UV light. Yep, that's right, because you need all of that as well. Don't worry, it's not an exuberant amount that's going to cause a problem. It's just a tiny little dose that your body actually needs. You can use these lights to fix your circadian rhythm and properly stimulate your brain's suprachiasmatic nucleus, or SCN, in a way that it was supposed to be stimulated. It's kind of like the natural spectral diet. Because yes, you may be suffering from malillumination. Did you know that your entire bloodstream actually filters through your eyes in a relatively short amount of time, that's the only way your blood is exposed to the outside world. So when we expose our eyes to this light, it actually can have beneficial effects on our blood. That is crazy. It helps with skin, with mood. This is the light that I wasn't thinking about that we need. I love Soulshine's light therapy devices. I do use it in combination with my red and near-infrared light devices as well so that I can fully bathe my body in the best light that is so helpful for my sleep, for my stress, for my metabolism, for my immunity, for my health, so many things. They have so many different device options. They have one that I love that kind of looks like a juve and I sit it on my desk and it has options for the full spectrum light, which is that bright white light, as well as an ear infrared option. So what I do is I do a session of the full spectrum light in the morning and then I run the near infrared to help counteract the negative blue light around me. They also have stands with bulbs that you can get. I've been using some of those on my plants. I am just so grateful that Ken at Soulshine found me because I was missing out on such a key aspect of light and I had no idea. And you can get 10% off at melanieavalon.com slash soulshine. That's S-O-L-S-H-I-N-E 
with the code Melanie Avalon. So melanieavalon.com slash soulshine, S-O-L-S-H-I-N-E with the code Melanie Avalon for 10% off. It's really helped my mood, my energy, my sleep, so many things. I think you guys will love it. So again, go to melanieavalon.com slash soulshine, S-O-L-S-H-I-N-E and use the coupon code Melanie Avalon to get 10% off site-wide. And we'll put all this information in the show notes. Okay, gotcha. This is so fascinating. So you mentioned, for example, you know, people with chronic health issues, chronic pain, things like that. So is it possible that if a person has a chronic health condition, if they have like an emotional stress that's not addressed or some sort of trauma, is it almost, I don't want to say impossible, but would it be really hard for them to ever really overcome that chronic health condition because there's constantly this, you know, there's not a feeling of safety that's required for healing? I would say that yes, the the current the current scientific evidence and theories support that, and and they support it from mostly looking at things like heart rate variability, and looking at you know the epidemiological sort of the population wide reports and certain like large scale studies showing that people who are whether you're physically stressed out, emotionally stressed out, mentally stressed out, and to a large extent, right? Let's not forget socioeconomically stressed out, legally, financially, right? All of these kinds of things, if we have those stressors in our lives, then we will not feel safe. And if we don't feel safe, then we do not allow our recovery response system to turn on to allow the healing process to happen at a more rapid rate. It doesn't mean we can't heal. It just means that the healing process becomes much slower and more delayed because our body, literally our nervous system is not allowing us to divert resources to that healing recovery response system to heal us from whatever it is we're struggling with or suffering from because it's perceiving threat. So a lot of the techniques that I use with my patients and that a lot of my colleagues use that are the most successful and actually probably a big part of why psychedelic psychotherapy is so successful when done properly is it really taps into amplifying the safety response And when you amplify the safety response, you allow the body to divert resources to healing. It's interesting because, you know, I'll do a lot of work with like mantras or things like that. And oftentimes I'll want to pick mantras like, you know, I love myself or things like that. But maybe my mantra should be, I am safe. Well, love is a trigger for safety, right? So so in tribal, this is a different segue, but really interesting and relevant, I think, if, if you don't mind me going this direction. But in Eastern and tribal plant medicine and, and tribal traditions that don't use plant medicine, one of the most fundamental traditions, and they, they call it lots of different things, different cultures, but they all kind of center around the same four principles, which are gratitude, self-gratitude, self-forgiveness, self-compassion, and self-love. These are the four most fundamental skills that we need to practice to build a sense of trust in ourselves, the foundation of trust. Which on which we can then feel safe with ourselves to love ourselves to heal ourselves. Does that make sense? No, it does. I love it. I wrote them down. This is amazing. So actually to that point, activating these feelings of safety, of love, gratitude, trust, what is the difference in activating it from a bottom-up versus a top-down perspective? So like with meditation and breath work, how does that make our body feel safe? I love that question. So that is something that I think is really important to understand at the core of all of this. So thinking about breath, 
just taking a step back. Breath, when we take a moment, and many of us have been in this situation, I, I would assume probably all of us at some point in our lives have been in a situation where we're really stressed out, and in the moment, or we walk, take a walk out for a minute, and we take a deep breath, and then we go back to it, or a couple deep breaths. And what, what happens is, and why this works, and why it's worked for thousands and thousands of years, is because as we start to feel the feeling and pay attention to the feeling intentionally of breath coming into our nose and our mouth and going down our windpipe and into our lungs and filling our lungs and then exiting and then repeating that and paying attention to that feeling, it instantly sends a signal from the moment that we pay attention to that breath coming into our bodies. It instantly sends a signal subconsciously beneath our awareness to our emotional cortex of our brains and the amygdala being part of that, the fear center being part of that, which says, if I, am, if I have the time to pay attention to the feeling of this, of this air coming into my body in this moment, I can't possibly be running from a lion right now. So this is no different than with soothing human touch, so, or soothing touch in general, or soothing touch from Apollo, right? Or soothing touch that we provide ourselves, or soothing music. If I have time to devote my attention in this moment to listening to this wonderful music that I'm listening to or, or that's going on around me or to feel the touch of someone next to me that is a, care, you know, a friend or, or a family member or something like that, if I have time right now in this moment to pay attention to that, then I must not be running from a lion because if I was, my nervous system would not allow me to take that time to pay attention to this stimulus. And so that is the most fundamental way that all of these sensory present focus techniques sort of work in common to bring us back into the moment and restart diverting resources to that safety pathway. I love that. So is that the reason that the experience of like awe or wonder is so incredible to experience? Because it's like you have time to feel safe. Like if you're experiencing, if you're paying so much attention to something so wonderful, you have time. So you must not be running from a lion. And then on top of that, you're likely experiencing some sort of heightened emotion. Wow. That's very, very cool. Yeah. There's also more stuff going on in those kinds of situations that make it even more powerful to experience. Not every situation is, is filled with awe and wonder, but th at the core of those experiences is what I just mentioned, because the awe and the wonder is kind of within our awareness, whereas what I was describing is the bottom-up stuff. So that's, so that's getting back to what your original question was, is what is the difference between bottom-up versus top-down? Top-down is the traditional way we've practiced Western medicine for a long time. So it's if you come to me and you say, I'm feeling sad, and I say, well, you know, if you're feeling sad and you felt sad for months, here's a list of things that you can do to change your behavior to feel less sad. So that requires you to make a decision to change your behavior and actually put energy and resources into changing your behavior and changing the way you think about yourself which is important, and it does work if we practice it. But the fundamental problem with that is that technique of top-down learning, which is a way that we've all been taught our whole lives pretty much, for the most part, is that, we, that when we're afraid or stressed out, it directly inhibits our ability to embrace change. Change in and of itself becomes scary to us when we are already primed for stress or in a perceived threatened state, a sympathetic state. And so top-down learning 
becomes very, very difficult. Like, I mean, how many people have, you know, I'm sure there's tons of people. I can't, I, I cannot force myself to deep breathe or meditate when I'm in, it's very, very difficult. There are rare times when I'm able to muster the, the energy to be able to force myself to deep breathe or meditate in a time where I'm feeling like completely overwhelmed and distraught and stressed out. It's very hard. And this is known throughout the literature. So what we thought was, okay, top-down learning, the traditional kind of learning, requires the person to actually consciously, within awareness, do something. But there are all these other things that we're surrounded by in our day-to-day lives that are soothing things, like breathing, like music, like soothing touch, that without actually having to think about doing anything, when somebody, when you're having a terrible day and somebody you like gives you a hug, you instantly feel better and you don't have to do anything. That is so interesting, right? You don't have to change behavior. You just have to receive the hug. And it's the same with music. You could have the worst day of your life and you walk into a room and all of a sudden your song's playing and the lighting is nice and it's like a comfortable environment and instantly you've forgotten how stressed out or uncomfortable you were, at least for a brief amount of time. And the reason that happens is because of this subconscious beneath awareness neurological pathway in our bodies that is literally hardwired from our skin to our brain and from our ears to our brain. And, and also actually for smell, it works very, it, it's very powerful in the olfactory smell pathway too, because these pathways convey emotional information to the brain extraordinarily rapidly beneath our awareness. Before we are actually consciously aware of what's happening, our brains have already been conveyed information that we are safe. And so that is bottom-up learning. So the way, so that's why we developed Apollo is because I work with people all day and I can give them the best advice in the world based on decades of knowledge and say, this is how you heal yourself. This is what you need to do. I would say less than 50% of my patients are able to actually implement those skills on a regular basis because they are so chronically stressed out and afraid. They don't feel safe enough to make changes in their lives. So when we started implementing Apollo into the process, people start to say, I feel safe enough to break change. And then the change starts to happen naturally. And so that was really the goal was, how do we help people feel safe when they leave the office? In the office, I can do that you know, I, by making good eye contact and being empathetic listener and you know, working with people in the office. But how do we give people something that they can take home afterwards that they can then use to help them feel safe in any moment that would be threatening to them potentially in their day-to-day lives so that they can really have agency and autonomy over the way that they feel and the decisions that they make without falling back into these past habits and coping strategies that may not be serving us. I love this so much. Just speaking to everything you just said, you know, like something like meditation does have, you know, profound effects. But like you said, so I'm not discouraging people from doing it. I do it. I think it's wonderful, but it does require, you know, getting into a practice, doing it consistently, like until it starts to have effect or breath work. I guess it's slightly more visceral in a way, but you still have to sit down and and do it. And like you said, it can be hard to do depending on what state you're in compared to like, I mean, if I go get a massage, like it just happens, for example, (laughs) I'm always like so blown away by it. So the Apollo Neuro device uses sound wave therapy, I believe, to activate this. So when this is activated, does it instantly create this state with the sound waves? And is it a similar state as these other practices or is it again is it like there's colors of the state and intensities of the state that can be activated 
That's a great question as well. I think that, and for those of you who don't, who aren't familiar with the Apollo or haven't tried it yet, it is a wearable about the size of an old Apple Watch that can be worn on the ankle or wrist. It has no screen. It just has two buttons that can activate it with or without your phone. And it delivers these gentle, soothing vibrations that kind of feel like an ocean wave washing over your body or a cat purring on your body that fairly rapidly helps to nudge the body into a goal state. So it's not a magic button by any means where it's instantly going to transform your life. But say you are somebody who has trouble going from waking up in the morning to actually getting on with your day, or you have trouble going from being stressed to meditating or being stressed and working to, you know, spending time with your family and calming down or falling asleep at night when you're wide awake and you have a lot to think about. These energy transition states can be very difficult for us because shifting from high energy to low energy or low energy to high energy states is a pretty big shift. And we don't really think about that in our day-to-day lives because our lives are so dynamic and there's so many responsibilities that we have all the time and there's so much going on and the news is so crazy and all this stuff is happening around us in the world that we just feel like we have to go with it. And we don't really think about how many times we shift states of energy or states of thinking or mood in our day-to-day lives, but it's actually quite a few for most of us. And so one of the ways that we're able to do that naturally, again, is with things like music. And many of us use this all the time. You know, we play faster, louder music when we work out and we want, or we go dancing or we are spending time hanging out with our friends. And we play soothing, calming music when we want to meditate or sleep or have a relaxing experience. Breathing's the same. You can breathe rapidly and, and intensely, and you can induce more of a sympathetic state in the body. Or you can breathe slower and much deeper, like the way that Zen Buddhist monks breathe, which is like something like two times a minute. And you can induce a very deep, relaxing state. And so there's kind of, I think what we're working, I think that we've been taught for a long time that there's black and white. And that's where we spend most of our time thinking about the body. But in reality, there's not really such thing as black and white. It's almost always some form of gray. The gray area is really where everything becomes more interesting because that's where we find ourselves most of the time is in between the black and the white. It's not on one extreme or another. And so Apollo helps to, in our clinical trials at the University of Pittsburgh, we saw, you know, on doing, you know, very rigorous double blind randomized placebo-controlled clinical trial in healthy subjects that we could reliably shift biomarkers of the body, like heart rate variability, in a positive direction within three minutes under stress. And within three minutes, that correlates with improved performance under stress. And so what we've seen since then in the real world and in subsequent clinical trials is the more stressed out you are when you put your Apollo on, the quicker you typically see results. But there are people who it sometimes takes a little longer to work for. So the shortest time we see people, some people there that will respond to it immediately. These people tend to be people with post-traumatic stress disorder or depression or chronic pain or one of these disorders where stress clearly makes symptoms worse. Those are the people who we see, kids with autism and ADHD, rapid responses. That's incredible. However, when, you know, you're just trying to get a, you know, just trying to give yourself a little bit of a boost here or there, it might take 10 minutes, it might take 15 minutes, 20 minutes. You might, it might take a little bit longer for you to experience an effect that you notice. But again, experience an effect that you notice has a lot to do with how aware we are of our bodies, right? So the more aware we are of our bodies, the more we practice self-awareness techniques, the more likely we are to see a difference. And so everybody's slightly different, but I can say that overall we see roughly a 95% response rate to 
the settings or the modes that are in the app, which are everything from energy and wake up, which is the most activating, most energizing setting at the top, then social and open, which is kind of like a calm, clear, creative social flow that's like really great when you're interacting with others, particularly when you're tired. And then clear and focus, which is like deep, intense focus, also great for public speaking, which is my favorite we were talking about earlier. And then rebuild and recover, which is basically bringing the body down post-workout. So some of us have, or post-stress of any kind, some of us have a lot of hard, a hard time calming down after intense stress or intense workout. And we've seen in clinical trials at the University of Minnesota and also at the University of Pittsburgh and elite athletes that this helps the body rapidly calm down within just two minutes post-exercise. And then once you go below rebuild and recover, we start to get into the much more parasympathetically dominant mode. So these are the modes that induce deep meditation or deep relaxation or sleep. And those are the three modes that exist on the other side. So depending on what your goal is, the Apollo will help nudge you closer to your goal and make it easier to to achieve that goal. It's not going to magically make the coffee you drank at 3 p.m. not work anymore. Like if you drank coffee or caffeine or did something that made you wildly stimulated before bed, it's not going to instantly make you fall asleep. But in conjunction with a healthy lifestyle, it can, it can provide you know, pretty radical improvements in the way that we you know, adjust our day-to-day structure, our schedule, our circadian rhythms, and just in general, how we adapt to stress. Do you find that the longer a, a person uses the device, do you think there's any sort of additional brain rewiring that would occur based on, I don't want to say like the placebo effect on top of it, but basically starting to anticipate those changes? Like, does it, does it become more effective the longer you use it? It actually does. And again, one of my focuses in psychiatry is addiction. So we didn't want to make addictive technology. And so when we were looking at this, when we first started doing our experimentation, you know, year, a couple years before we really made a commercial product that we released to the world, we watched people over time use this. And what was really interesting is that it actually seems to have a pattern of use that's very similar to the learning effect we see with meditation and deep breathing. So when you first start practicing meditation and deep breathing, you know, you're trying to calm your mind. We have lots of intrusive thoughts like, did I leave the stove on? I have all this work to do. You know, all these thoughts just flood our minds. And it can be really, really hard to feel like we're really entering a, a deep state of meditation or calm when we first start practicing these techniques. So we have to practice them a lot when we first start. And what's really interesting is over time, as you practice these techniques, you get better at achieving the goal state more quickly and you become more sensitive to the technique so that you can take fewer breaths and get to your meditative state or your state of ideal calm or flow more quickly than you could when you first started. That learning effect is literally rewiring our nervous system to show us that we can, through the technique of breathing or as an example, rapidly induce a state of safety in the body and in a situation that we previously might have found threatening. So Apollo works in a very similar way. And we designed it based on this. And we were, you know, hoping that it would work the same, a similar way because we designed it based on the understanding of these techniques and also the understanding of how cognitive behavioral therapy with exposure works, which is the leading psychotherapy treatment for PTSD, where you have a therapist with you when you're stressed out, being ex- when you're triggered and being exposed to things that set off your stress response. You have a therapist with you that reminds you that you're safe because you are. And then helps you to recon- what we call recondition the neural pathways to favor safety in a situation that might have previously been perceived as threatening, 
versus that trained fear response. So it's, it is, as you said, literally rewiring our brains. And over time, we can see this because people who use Apollo over time get benefits that come on more quickly as they use it more often. And those benefits tend to last longer and they need it less. Hi friends, an incredible fasting aid is coffee. Yes, I am all about the coffee. I am a huge fan of its health benefits as well as how it can support your fast and really help with energy and fat burning. And I have a big announcement. The brand of coffee that I have been drinking for an entire decade now, I am no longer drinking. There's some drama, there's some science, and I'm about to tell you how to get a discount on my new favorite coffee. So I've been drinking the coffee formerly known as Dave Asprey's Bulletproof Coffee for literally a decade. I do not drink it now, so this is not a Bulletproof Coffee commercial, but I started drinking it because I so trusted Dave and his obsession in creating mold-free coffee because moldy coffee beans is a huge problem and a lot of people can get health issues, brain fog, and crash after coffee because of the mold control. Contamination. Dave has been talking about this for so long, so I really trusted him and I would drink Bulletproof Coffee, which I absolutely loved and loved that it was mold-free. Then there was some drama. Dave sort of got kicked out of Bulletproof. He might be going back. There's a lot of stuff going on with that. Follow him on Instagram if you want to learn more about that. He even talked about it at the recent biohacking conference. But in any case, <laughs> drama aside, he can no longer speak to Bulletproof Coffee as to whether or not it is mold-free. And he ended up making a coffee even better than Bulletproof Coffee, and it is called Danger Coffee, and friends, I love it. It's the first coffee that is not only mold-free, but actually can help you remineralize. Yep, that's right. Danger Coffee contains a patent-pending formula that actually remineralizes your body with more than 50 trace minerals, nutrients, and electrolytes. On top of that, it is super clean. I know people like to see organic labels. Friends, I have learned so much about the certification industry. And honestly, the best of the best is finding people that you trust who do extensive testing and third-party certification. That's what I do with my Avalon X supplements. And that's what Dave does with Danger Coffee. So with Danger Coffee, they use a process that far exceeds government and industry standards. And it is third-party lab tested. So you can rest assured it is free of mold toxins. As for the flavor, Dave selected these hand-picked Farm Direct beans for their quality, their superb flavor, and their elevated performance. I love the taste of it. It's much richer and more nuanced than Bulletproof Coffee. It's honestly one of the best coffees I've ever tasted, and it's so exciting to know that when I'm drinking it, I'm actually helping to remineralize my body. So that's right. If you want your coffee to contain antioxidants, anti-inflammatories, micronutrients, and help optimize your fasting, you want Danger Coffee. And of course, I have a discount for you guys. You can go to melanieavalon.com slash dangercoffee and use the coupon code MELANIEAVALON to get 10% off. Again, that is melanieavalon.com slash dangercoffee with the coupon code MELANIEAVALON for 10% off. This is my favorite coffee. Like I said, it takes some really good coffee and convincing biohacking health reasons to break me from my 10-year decade bulletproof coffee habit. But sometimes you just got to upgrade. And by the way, this would make epic presents for people. This can just become your go-to present. Not only will people love it, but you'll be helping their health as well. Everybody wins. MelanieAvalon.com slash Danger Coffee with the coupon code Danger Coffee. Friends, you guys know I love wine. Do you love wine? I've done a lot of research on wine, and I truly believe there are a myriad of health benefits 
the longest-lived populations drink wine, the polyphenols have a ton of potential health benefits, activating anti-aging sirtuins, potentially supporting our immunity, maybe even encouraging weight loss. Yep, it's actually not alcohol that makes people gain weight, it's what they eat when they drink. But if you want all of the benefits of wine, the type of wine you're drinking is key. Conventional wine in the US is often full of toxins. We're talking things like pesticides, mold, and additives, dyes, colorizers, artificial flavors. Have you even seen some wine that says vegan? That's because conventional wine isn't even necessarily vegan because of the additives. I am obsessed with a company called Dry Farm Wines. They're not a wine producer, but rather a wine investigator. They go all throughout Europe and they find the wineries practicing organic practices, and then they test those wines to make sure the wines are, wait for it, low alcohol, low sugar, free of toxins, free of mold, and truly supportive of your health. I'm obsessed with Dry Farm Wines, One of the most fun things for me as a wine lover is you get mixed boxes of wine and it introduces you to varietals from all over the world. The wines taste amazing and you can say goodbye to hangovers. If you think you can't drink wine, you've got to try Dry Farm Wines. I am obsessed. You can get a bottle for a penny. Yes, a penny. Just go to dryfarmwines.com slash Melanie Avalon and use the coupon code Melanie Avalon to claim your penny bottle. That's dryfarmwines.com slash Melanie Avalon. All right, now back to the show. Hi, friends. So I'm sort of haunted by clothes. If you follow me on Instagram, you probably know that I love wearing all the new clothes all the time. And I know that that is not really sustainable and not good for the planet. That's why I am thrilled that there is now a way to get all of the clothes with none of the waste. And I'm going to tell you how you can get unlimited clothes with no waste for a month for free. That's right, I now have a website for both myself and you guys where you can get free unlimited clothes with free shipping, free exchanges, nonstop from all of the hottest brands, and it is so incredibly easy. It's called MelanieAvalon'sCloset.com. We have so many incredible brands, including my favorites like BCBG, Calvin Klein, and so many more. Think like 100 brands. There are so many options. And the way it works is when you get a subscription, you search through the clothes, pick what you want. They send it to you with fast, easy shipping. You wear it as long as you want. And then when you're ready for more clothes, you just drop it off in their prepackaged envelope and get your next round. It is so incredibly cool. They have multiple plans. The starter plan gives you two pieces at a time. Friends, I actually have a little secret hacked. Don't tell them that I told you this. When you get your two pieces, you can actually immediately go into your account, click return, and they'll go ahead and send you the next two pieces. So technically you can have four pieces at a time. You also have a cool virtual closet that you can keep stocked with everything you eventually want to order. So you never miss out. And if you really like something and want to keep it, you can opt to buy it at a massively discounted price. Friends, I'm obsessed. This is finally the answer to wearing all the clothes all the time with none of the waste. Oh, and of course, one of my major reservations was the cleaning compounds that they use on the clothes because yes, it is dry cleaning, which normally makes me nervous. And they don't say this on the website. So I reached out to them and I was like, hey, what's going on with the cleaning? What do you guys use? Because I can't promote this if it's just normal dry cleaning. And thankfully, they let me know that they do not use any detergents, fabric softeners, or chemicals that are harsh. Everything is professionally dry cleaned or laundered with detergents that are free from dyes and scents. 
It's all gentle and it uses low temperature cycles. So yes, we are good on that front as well. It is the coolest thing ever. And you can try it free for a month. Yes, completely free. Just go to melanieavalonscloset.com to sign up. Free clothes for a month. After that, their plans are super affordable. We're talking honestly, an entire month is less than the cost of typically what would be the cost of one dress. And I am not kidding. That's right. Unlimited clothes for less than the cost of one outfit. I'm just so thrilled to bring this resource to you guys. I can't wait to hear what you guys think. So again, get free unlimited clothes for a month at melanieavalonscloset.com. That's melanieavalonscloset.com for all of the clothes, none of the waste. And definitely share your pictures and tag me on Instagram because I want to see all the fabulous things that you guys are wearing. That's melanieavalonscloset.com. Oh, that's fantastic. So for listeners, like we discussed, you can wear it as a wristwatch or on your ankle. Actually, that's a quick question. So are there specific receptors in your wrist and ankle? Why did you choose that part of your body? So originally we chose those parts of the body because they're just the easiest places to wear things. In our original clinical trial, we compared a couple different locations in the body. In our original case studies, we compared a bunch of different locations in the body. And we really tried to see, was there any significant difference between the areas? And we really couldn't see that much significant difference. And the easiest places for people to wear it was the wrist and the ankle. What's really interesting, though, is that fast forward, I think, a year after we originally did those studies, we were meeting with a fantastically interesting person, Segi Rinpoche, who was Steve Jobs' meditation teacher. And he's a traditional Tibetan monk who's a very strong lineage of Tibetan Buddhist monk. And he tried our technology. And he asked us the same question, why did you choose the wrist and the ankle where you, the way you did? And we said, we told him the same thing that I just told you. And he said, well, you know, I want to show you something. And he pulled out this book of ancient Tibetan medicine. And he showed us that from thousands of years ago, there are, the Tibetan monks had mapped out in their Eastern tradition, mapped out pathways directly from the wrist and the ankle that go specifically to the emotional cortex of the brain before they go to the rest of the brain. So they go to the emotional beneath awareness part of the brain, which would be exactly as we predicted from Western science, before they go to our awareness conscious part of the brain. And so there's probably multiple reasons why this works so well on the wrist and the ankle, but originally it was just for convenience. Now we know there may be other things going on. Oh, that's incredible. And actually a question to that, which you might not know the answer at all to this, but have you done any research on if you put on the left versus the right side of your body and how that might correlate to like the left and right part of your brain? That's a great question. So it's, a, it's also a very difficult study to do. We have not seen significant differences in laterality, side, one side or the other. We have had, and not in our clinical trials at all, or in a significant amount of case reports, but we have, you know, we now have, I think, something like 7,000 people who have used the technology over the last couple of years. And we have had occasionally someone who typically has a background in meditation, typically, who has, a, you know, been practicing self-awareness techniques for a long time. And they will say that they sometimes notice a difference between left and right. And that sometimes they'll put it on the, on the left for a while and they'll switch it to the right. I haven't personally noticed a difference and we don't get that report commonly. So, I mean, for the, from what we can tell, it's predominantly personal preference where you wear it or how you wear it. But yeah. The reason I'm so interested is I'm fascinated by the split left, right brain studies. And then on top of that, I've always felt like my personal body's nervous system, like it's weird. Like the whole right side of my body is where I feel like everything is 
off (laughs) and not the left side. So I've always been very aware of the left versus right side of my body. So when I've been playing around with it, I've been experimenting with trying different sides. So I'll keep you updated if I find anything with myself. I'm also really glad that you explained a little bit more about the individual programs in the app, just out of curiosity. So like if a person is experiencing a moment of intense anxiety, which program would you recommend for that? I was like, would the rebuild and recover actually work for that since it's like you're trying to come down from a state? So I think it depends on the goal. Right. So rebuild and recover it. When you see the app, you'll see that there's like three higher energy states. And then there's, which are the clear and focus social and the energy and wake up. And then there's rebuild and recover, which is kind of in the middle. And then there's three lower energy states, which are meditation, mindfulness, relax and unwind and sleep and renew. So in general, the rebuild and recover is a great middle ground. If you don't know what to use and you're feeling really stressed out and you don't really know whether you want to be wide awake and you don't really know whether you want to be sleepy, you just kind of want to be calm. Rebuild and recover is a great one, particularly if you're trying to come down from or calm down from a, an immediate stressor, mental, physical, emotional, what have you. Something just happened. You just got off a really terrible flight. Lots of things like that. It can really help to just rapidly bring the body down into a calmer state. And we see this in heart rate and heart rate variability measures and respiratory rate. And there's even been some findings with blood, early findings with blood pressure that are very interesting. I think that the best guide I can give you, guidance I can give you is, is that you, the, is to steer the choice. Almost, almost all of the settings can reduce anxiety and can reduce stress. The, the ideal is to match your goal. So if you're stressed out because you're about to have a conversation with somebody that, that you anticipate might be difficult, putting on something that's going to reduce your energy going into that situation is unlikely to be of great help because it might calm your anxiety. But if you start to feel tired when you're having a conversation with somebody where you need to be alert, then putting on one of the calmer settings is probably not the best choice. And so that's why we actually organize it by goal. Because while almost all of the frequency, almost all of the settings, except for perhaps energy and wake up, which doesn't really help with anxiety so much unless your anxiety is associated with fatigue, which happens in some chronic illnesses, all the other settings tend to reduce anxiety, but it's just dependent on a goal. So as an example, if you have anxiety in social situations, the social and open setting is a huge, huge game changer. If you have anxiety with public speaking or anxiety about sitting down and being able to focus, doing very intense work of any kind, the clear and focused is incredible for that. If you have anxiety associated with calming down after work or anxiety about, you know, just being able to fall asleep or things like that, the meditation and the relax and unwind and the sleep help with that. So it's really, the goal is really important because the goal guides the way that you use the technology. It's kind of like, it's kind of, so the best way I can describe it is Apollo is like music that I composed based on the neuroscience of our bodies that our bodies all have in common for the most part, but it's music composed for the skin receptors rather than for the ears. And so you wouldn't listen to music that is helping you, that give you energy to work out when you're trying to calm down and go to bed, right? You wouldn't listen to that fast music. You would listen to something that's more calming and soothing. And, and similarly, you wouldn't listen to calming, soothing music when you're trying to work out or, or focus. Yeah, this is it's so brilliant. So for example, with COVID and quarantine situation, everything, I'm sure a lot of people have sort of perpetually extended levels of anxiety. So rather than there being a, you know, quarantine COVID button, you just address it for the state that you want to exist your life in at that moment. 
and it can still be addressing that underlying anxiety in a way. Exactly. Exactly. It's about mindful presentness. You know, it's it's really c- tapping into these these ancient Eastern and tribal techniques that have been around for thousands of years for good reason because being present makes us better. Okay. I want to be respectful of your time. I have some quick rapid fire questions with me just using it and questions that have come up for me. Can I wear it all day and use it all day? Yeah, absolutely. You, I mean, part of the reason we developed this was originally for, now we know it works for lots of different people, but originally we developed it for vulnerable populations that were otherwise reliant on medications or more invasive treatments. And they weren't necessarily the best candidates for those invasive treatments. So we developed it to be safe enough to be worn all day. Most people wear it all day and then they set it to a setting they like during the day. So as an example, when I'm working, I just set it in the morning to clear and focus and then I leave it on clear and focus all day. And then every time I need a boost, instead of drinking a cup of coffee, I'll just press the buttons on the device and then it restarts a half an hour or an hour of clear and focus and I'm in the zone for that time. And then that last typically, I should also say the effects from about 15 minutes of use typically last for... 30 minutes to two hours after, which is about the same amount of time that touch lasts for, 15 minutes of soothing touch. So you can use it for getting a little boost of energy or a boost of focus or a boost of calm. And then for most people, you can get a little bit more out of it after that. And then if you need a boost later, you can do that without necessarily having to rely on substances that could stay in our bodies for a long time and impact our ability to fall asleep or impact our ability to wake up in the morning, which we see with things like caffeine and amphetamines used as stimulants and commonly, and then things like alcohol and benzodiazepines and sleep aids used for falling asleep at night, which impair our ability to recover and get good restful sleep. Exactly. Well, I'm a slow caffeine metabolizer, a fast alcohol metabolizer, but I have either way gut issues. So anything that I can do that's not taking that route, I mean, this is just wonderful. Another really quick question. So the energy on wake up, is that also stimulating the parasympathetic or is it if it's energizing? Yeah, that's a great question. Energy and wake up is the only setting and mode that we developed that does all the modes were developed to induce parasympathetic activity at least a little bit. The energy and wake-up mode is developed specifically to induce wakeful states in the moment. So you're going on a long, you're on a long drive. You need to wait, stay awake or wake up. Don't want to drink coffee or or more liquids because it's going to increase how many times you have to stop to go to the bathroom. You know, it's perfect for that. Perfect for people who struggle to get up in the morning or have fatigue. It's kind of like a calm energy boost, but. Again, because it's an energy boost, you have to. You have, we all have to tailor that a little bit to ourselves. Some of us are more sensitive to that than others. So, myself as an example, I am, ext- and my and my wife too, Catherine, who's the CEO of Apollo. We are incredibly sensitive to the energy boosting frequencies. So we almost never use them unless we're on really long drives or we're in really boring meetings. <laughs> but when we use them, we use them on a very low intensity for only like a five minute burst because any more than that just starts to give us like a little too much energy, almost like almost like having a, you know, too strong a cup of coffee. But as soon as you turn it off, the effect is it basically fades away. So you pretty quickly. So you don't at least the jittery or the jittery part of it. So you, you know, a lot of this is understanding how to tailor it to ourselves, right? It's just like breath work. Like not all breath techniques are the same for everyone. Not all meditation techniques are the same for everyone. A big part of learning breath work and learning meditation is let's teach ourselves and learn from ourselves what works best for us. Okay. And then also to that point, the intensity, 
is more intense, more potent, or is it a matter of playing around like for yourself? Yeah, that's also a great question. So the intensity is also about finding your sweet spot. So typically what we recommend is that the goal of the Apollo technology is to help us be more present. If the vibration is so intense that it's distracting us, then it's taking away from our presentness. So we always recommend that you keep the intensity level low enough that it's, you can feel it and you know it's there, but it's not distracting. And eventually, it fades into the background. It's still working, but it fades into the background and you, it's not, it should never be distracting you. It should always be helping you just stay more focused and more present. I have a huge question about that fading into the background. So if you run like a long program, do some of the programs get less intense as it goes on? Yes, some of them do. Okay. Because I wasn't sure if it was like me just not noticing it more or if (laughs) if it was the program. I guess it probably depends based on the different ones. So for listeners, now you understand why I like I'm going to give this to everybody, all my friends and family for Christmas, I swear. Like I'm like, how can I give this to everybody now? You can get your own Apollo device. I cannot recommend it enough. And you can get it for 15% off. So you can go to apolloneuro.com slash Melanie Avalon to get that 15% off. That's A-P-O-L-L-O-N-E-U-R-O.com forward slash Melanie Avalon. Oh, I'm just so excited. I've been dying to release this episode. Last question, I promise. I want to be really respectful of your time, but it's just because I've realized how important mindset and gratitude and love and everything is. So the last question I ask every single guest on this podcast is what is something that you're grateful for? I love that question because I think gratitude is probably the single most important thing that we all need to be focused on right now, particularly at a time of such collective stress. And it's also a little bit of a hard question to answer because I try to practice, for me, gratitude is such an important practice. I try to practice it a lot. And so I'm grateful for a lot. For just as an example, I'm extraordinarily grateful to be able to have in the moment this conversation with you and share this with your audience because any opportunity to share hope with our community right now is so important to take advantage of. And just to share with people that there is an opportunity for us to heal ourselves, particularly when we are in a somewhat you know, overwhelmed or, uh, you know, situation that sometimes seems like there is no hope or that it tends to squelch our hope. And so maybe the best answer to your question is I'm grateful for the ability to hope. You know, I'm grateful for that. We, I'm so grateful that we have things we can hope for and that, you know, being able to have the privilege of doing the research on this technology at the university of Pittsburgh and now being able to bring it to market and see the incredible responses that people are having with it. It's just, it gives me so much hope. And I think it, it sheds so much light on the way that the medical, our healthcare system could be improved and the way that, you know, we all truly do have the capacity to heal ourselves. And technology is a, is another, like Apollo is just another tool like breath breathing techniques and all these things we're talking about, meditation, tapping, these are all different techniques that help remind us that we have the ability to heal ourselves. And what could be more hopeful than that? That's so beautiful. Thank you so much. Because I'm always looking for these different healing modalities and, you know, fostering hope, fostering peace, calm, gratitude. And there's been so many things, like I said, tapping, meditation, breath work, and they all go together. I'm huge proponents of them. But this was like the first time that it it was like you were creating it in a physical, implementable, easy to use tool that has that. I know it's like an on-off button as we discussed. It's not really an on-off button, but it provides something 
like physical that somebody can actually put on, use, and see these effects. So I'm just, I'm so grateful. <laughs> Listeners, you've got to check out this device. It's wonderful. Are there any links or other resources you'd like to put out there for listeners if they'd like to learn more? Sure. Yeah. I, I mean, if you want to connect with me and learn about my clinical practice, you can find me at drdave.io. I also am, am the executive director of the Board of Medicine, which is leading a charge for less risky treatments in medical care. And you can find us at boardofmedicine.org or theboardofmedicine.org. And you can also, if you want to reach out to me directly, I'm always happy to chat. And you can find me on Instagram at Dr. David Rabin. And you can find me on Twitter at Dave Rabin. Well, thank you so much. So for listeners, I'll put all that in the show notes. I should probably spell the show notes. MelanieAvalon.com slash Apollo, A-P-O-L-L-O. Well, thank you so much. This has been wonderful and we'll have to stay in touch and talk again soon. I would love that. Thank you again. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Melanie Avalon Biohacking Podcast. For more information, you can check out my book, What Win Wine, Lose Weight and Feel Great with Paleo-Style Meals, Intermittent Fasting, and Wine, as well as my blog, MelanieAvalon.com. Feel free to contact me at podcast at MelanieAvalon.com. And always remember, you got it.